With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You Jaguar. We are back here on our big broadcast. We are going to get to our regular contributor here in just a few moments. But before we do that, uh, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners. But by the way, you can find us at Amazon. You can also find us on the uh, amazing Amazon Alexa. Apparently, all you have to do is say Jiggy Jaguar, and it will play our podcast. It is absolutely super freaking amazing. And uh, you can also get a hold of us online, JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, before we do that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a fantastic, fantastic offer. Become the optimal version of yourself. .org. The name of the business is Sharunkendall, and Sharuklindall uh, is an exotic, French-like voice. And uh, health, travel, and retreat. You can text, call, or use the WhatsApp at 205-266-9632. Or you can email them, mindreviveretreat at gmail.com. Become the optimal version of yourself.org. Find them on Instagram at mindreviveretreat. How is your mental health? Did you know around 450 million people suffer from conditions currently? Placing mental disorders among the leading causes of ill health and disability globally. Many people don't realize they need a mental detox or even have mental health related issues. Do you often get a sad, dark feeling? Loss of appetite? Often want to be alone? Missing loved ones? Hooked on opioids? Or just don't want to give up? You don't have to suffer along. At Sharunkin we have 50 years of experience. We focus on healing and in the renewal of the mind. We are not familiar or a basic resort, travel agency, or intervention program. We specialize in deep, intimate, inner soul healing. Come to Sharunkendal. Amanita will be waiting for you. Tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia. Worldwide. Well, let's get back into it. Richard Kurtz joins us today here on our broadcast. And uh, Richard, of course, has the uh, La Jolla Writers Conference each and every year. Uh, him and Antoinette Kurtz do an amazing, amazing conference. And you can get more information at LaJollaWritersConference.com. Today, rhetoric versus reality, the politics of domestic abuse. Mark Twain said, get your facts first, then you can distort them as you please. One horrible fact is that one in four women will face domestic abuse or violence in their lifetime. All the other stats are worse. This is clearly a social issue that is anything but political. Believing no issue undistorted, liberal media is using this issue as yet another club to beat on President Trump and others and turns issues 
into chaos. And joining us today is, of course, our political scientist, writer, PR strategist, and carpenter. I love that part of it, though. He is the unapologetic New Yorker who transplanted his tribe from the New York tundra to the San Diego sunshine over three decades ago. We bring in our good buddy, Mr. Richard Kurtz. And um, Richard, uh, before we end this segment with you today, I want to get through your segment, but uh, I have to tell you about riding on the back of a uh, tow truck in Arizona, literally in the car while the tow truck was going down the road. Uh, before what day was it? <laughs> Last week, we uh, we went down uh, to, of course, Las Vegas for the Adult Entertainment Expo, and um, on our way back, driving through the uh, great state of Arizona, um, we had a tire issue, so we had to call roadside service. Well, roadside service shows up. And they tied chains to the car and loaded the car onto the back of the tow truck. But one of the big issues was uh, my mother, myself, and uh, my girlfriend, Brittany, were all still in the car. They didn't find an issue with this. And we drove down the Arizona Highway towards Scottsdale, um, riding on the back of a tow truck. And uh, I streamed the whole thing live on Facebook, of course. And... uh, we had several people tell us, you know, this is illegal. And we get to the, uh, the the place to change the tire, and the people at the register are like, you know, that's illegal. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened, but it was quite the adventure, my friend. Well, the good news is, is that you all lived, and you're not the lawbreaker. It was the tow truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Quite yeah, the deal, as they say. Well, you know, but the the big question is, is were you traveling backwards or forwards? In what way did they tow the car up there? Uh, they they realistically just uh, grabbed it front first and pulled it up on the deal. Oh, okay. All right, because otherwise you're traveling backwards, and that can make you dizzy. And there's, there's an additional problem with that. <laughs> yes, there's a big additional problem with that, my friend. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, and, and, and uh, I am not going to ask any questions as to why you brought your mother to the adult entertainment fiesta <laughs> in Las Vegas. You know, there are things that we just don't need to cover on the air. Well, what's or, funny or, is that she'd never, either. she'd never been to Vegas. And she was well, like, well, while, day to do it. while you and Brittany are at the uh, convention, I'll just take the car and drive around Vegas. So she just had fun hanging out in Vegas. It was quite the deal. Well... <laughs> That's, that's that's far less an interesting answer than I know. I know you you you, you were hoping you were hoping something else. Although she did um, have breakfast a couple different times with a bunch of the different porn people that I knew, and she said they were all really nice people. So uh... well, of course they're, they're friendly and friendly, warm, cuddly. <laughs> it was quite some, the deal. Sometimes slippery and really close. <laughs> Amazing stuff. We've got uh, Richard Kurtz with us today. Now, um, what political figure had their privacy pointlessly invaded by the press recently, my friend? Well, well that was, um, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, for Senator Joni Ernst in Iowa. And uh, somebody got a hold of her divorce documents and took the information and made it public. The divorce documents are, of course, supposed to be sealed. Yes. And in case you haven't figured out yet, there's no such thing as a secret. 
<laughs> on anything. <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, you know, um, in, unless you have an underground restroom, expect whatever it is you do in your restroom to be on YouTube one day. That's all you have. And the only thing worse than that is is the people who'd be watching it. But other than that... Well, there uh, is that. Uh, uh, Joni, uh, Joni Ernst uh, had, been, uh, had divorced her husband because he had physically abused her. And and her past, Journey Ernst now is was was an army officer. She's a tough lady, and in college prior to that she had also been raped. So she's got wow. a a standing kind of a a standing history of not really being highly tolerant of uh, of badly behaved males. And uh, and anyway, so she got rid of her husband, and somebody decided to make this public information, and uh, it didn't need to be. There was nothing to be gained by it, and the article, um, uh, the article was actually particularly accurate about the stats and all about abuse. But the point was, is why did you need to do this? And and this this goes back to a uh, my first experience with bad journalism uh, when I was 12 years old. I was living on Long Island and some person's house caught fire, and she went running out of the house stark naked. So what, of course, does uh, does Newsday do is they take a picture of her running out of the house, and that's the story. Not how horrible it must have been wow. to have to to have to do that running out of and run out of the house that way, or, or to have your life turned inside out by a fire in the house and be horrified, so horrified that you don't so much as grab a towel running out of the house. But to just inflict this this insult on the injury of this person's life, and from that point on, I was twelve. That twelve or thirteen, I never trusted a newspaper. Wow. Um, it, it, not for want of facts, because they were absolutely factual on this, but for want of purpose. What do you gain by this, uh, other than having people who probably can't read anyway follow your newspaper uh and that's, and awesome. that's what's sort of wrong with this picture about about senator ernst you know why why are you taking this out she's already a proponent of uh, of the subject matter uh you did you didn't need to drag drag her out into the gutter and expose this uh, expose this aspect of her private life but um it's it's the whole attitude of the press that's wrong with the picture. Um, it really is uh, quite the deal. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. Of course, our regular Richard Kurtz joins us today. Now, why was this done, and what's wrong with this picture, my friend? Well, what's wrong with the picture is that it belittles the cause, the cause of being... Uh, uh, trying to get the conversation raised about domestic abuse, uh, it belittles it by politicizing it. Uh, it it just it creates a parallel story that takes away from the uh, the horrible stats about domestic abuse, and they are indeed horrible. Uh, and you've had uh, you've had Susan Sparks on, and you will have her on again. Yeah. And 
we came to learn, you know, we learned a lot, a lot of things through our clients. And uh, when we took on Susan Sparks and her book, Sparks in Love, um, we learned so much about the subject. And we did a public service. We arranged for a public service video that was done. And it, it became a cause worth supporting, um, certainly with our, with our PR skills. Because, and, and you don't realize this, nearly half of all the women in the U.S., that's 48.4% of the women in the U.S., have experienced some, some form of physical aggression from within a relationship. And contrary to popular belief, personal relationships is supposed to be trusting. Yes. Um, yes, indeed. Unless your last name is Clint. It um, is... Uh... But Richard Kurtz with us today, Strategies PR. He joins us live. His background includes securities, finance, construction, elected office. Currently, Rich works as the media relations specialist, bringing experts to media around the country. So um, how did the press try to use the issue of domestic abuse against the president? Well, there was an article out about, as you well know, the president does not have day-to-day operational control of what goes on in the Justice Department. That is probably the biggest understatement of the century. Uh, otherwise, all this nonsense that's been coming out of the FBI and the Justice Department that's nipping at his heels would not exist. Um, but what happened was is they made a, a, a definition change in the domestic violence law. And, uh, and in so doing, uh, they separated out the psychological damage from the physical damage uh, in terms of the criminal definition. But the press has taken it to be, well, you've, you've, you've narrowed the definition and you've made it harder to prosecute these people who abuse people. And all these way left uh, anti-abuse groups blamed it on the Trump administration. Yes. Uh, as though he personally decided that this is what needed to be done. That's the inaccuracy of it. And again, the whole article that talked about the stats was accurate and important. But it absolutely knocked the stuffing out of 50%. Remember what I talked about. When you approach an audience, uh, you have to approach it in such a way that you don't cut it in half by taking a position. Well, they cut their audience in half. They cut their audience by 65 million people by saying, hey... Trump did this. Well, uh, uh, Rich, Rich, I, 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 I hate to cut you off here. Do you have uh, a, a, a couple minutes here? I've got to switch over to uh, to Skype and everything. Can I call you back on this phone number here in just a few moments? Absolutely. Okay, I'll be, I'll be right back with you, my friend. We, uh, we've we got Dan Perkins and IQ Al Rizzoli and everybody just burning up the line here. So uh, we are going to get Richard back with us here on the phone uh, here via the magic of Skype audio, and then we will get things rolling with uh, IQ and, of course, uh, Richard Kurtz. So we are going to call him uh, here. Uh, thanks for joining us. We are the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. We are coast-to-coast. We are border-to-border. We are tune-in. We are iTunes. We are Radio Loyalty. And what is the deal with the phone here? Uh, <laughs> it's when, when you need it to work, it does not. 
and when you do need it to work, it does. It's a weird, weird world we live in. So we are going to get Richard back on the line. Thanks for joining us here on our program. And we're going to get Rich back on here. Hopefully uh, he picks the horn up. Thank you for calling Richard Kowitz. Please hold while I try to connect you. He's going to connect us. This is Rich. There you are. Okay. I've got to... I've, I've <laughs> We, we 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 ran over time, so we we uh, we're we're, we're going to finish this segment with Rich. Uh, we are also going to bring in Dan Perkins and IQL Rizzoli as well. Uh, they are just going to have to uh, basically just wait their turn. That's uh, <laughs> that's essentially what we're doing here. And uh, Dan is fine with things like that, but uh, IQ, you know, he he gets a little he gets a little testy. So uh, I, I I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll figure this out here. Uh, we're gonna bring Dan Perkins into the uh, into the conversation here as well, and uh, get his take on this whole thing that Richard's uh, talking with us today here on our program. Of course, uh, as we all know, Richard Kurtz is fantastic. Dan joins us on the phone. Um, right. How are you, I, my friend? IQ's out there too. Okay, I will go grab IQ here. Um, Rich, you, you were making the point here about um, the, the press. Um, how did the press try to use this issue of domestic abuse against President Trump? Fill us in on this while I try to find IQ here. All right. And hello, Dan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> oh, you're, you're quite welcome. Uh, we had a situation here uh, over the last, I guess, last two weeks when uh, uh, Senator Ernst was functionally involuntarily had her had her private life outed about domestic abuse she was involved with, and there was this article that was put up that President Trump was or the Trump administration was quietly changing the definition of domestic violence uh, to make it harder to prosecute uh, uh, perpetrators, and and then the the third thing that came across the wires in that same period of time was that a San Diego PD officer was charged with domestic violence. I have no problem with the factual content in the articles. My concern over the whole situation, and Dan, you and I are old enough to remember this, is that when you have an important issue and you have an important person that can come out on behalf of the issue, you don't want to politicize it. You want to populize it. You want to raise the volume of the conversation. And once you throw politics in it, you immediately cut the audience in half. That's my argument anyway. And the example I'm talking about in the past, as you may recall, you remember when Happy Rockefeller and then later on Betty Ford came out and was talking about breast cancer. Until that time, nobody talked about breast cancer. It was right. like something that women did wrong, and, and which was absolutely incorrect, of course. But once they came out and raised the volume on it in a very apolitical way, we got more money for research. We got people who were unafraid to, to, to get on with their lives. We had improved relationships. We had a high-volume conversation, national conversation. This is what needs to happen with domestic abuse and domestic violence. You've got up to 75% of abused women are murdered uh, or killed after they leave their partners. 75% of the murders of women are of women who just left their partners. That's a horrible stat. Uh, and and that's, 
that's among the better stats. Yes. Uh, this is this is a uh, this is a national epidemic, and the reason it perpetuates is because no one talks about it. Well, I would I would say, uh, if you recall, uh, Betty Ford also, in addition to t coming out about breast cancer, also came about about alcoholism. Alcoholism and other substance abuse, absolutely. They absolutely. did absolutely, but and that was and that was critical. Yes, but the but the problem. While I I absolutely agree with what you're saying, um, by and large, that politicization rests at the feet of one group of people. The Democratic Party. The Republican Party, by and large, does not politicize everything and anything. It is the Democratic Party and the left who has taken this this mantra of politicizing everything for a political agenda. You know, if you're I, looking for an argument from me, you're not going to get one. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. I wasn't looking for an argument. You were dealing with facts. I was trying to deal with facts. Let me. Let me throw another twist on one of your facts. You said that of the women who are murdered, 75% of those women who are murdered are murdered after they've separated from a spouse, a lover, or whoever. Is that, a, right. is that the correct characterization? That's the stat that I have in front of me here. Okay, so that, that's... I would, I would say that stat is... And I mean no disrespect to you. Meaningless. And when I say it's meaningless, um, I'm I'm a novelist, I, I, and I write uh, fiction. But it's I do a lot of research on facts. So I am a fanatic by training because I'm a registered investment advisor. I study numbers, investments, and strategies, and governments, and politics, and I study all that in making decisions. That statement that you made, uh, I, will, I would bet you, no disrespect to your audience, Jim, that you could take that statistic, and I believe there are people out there who have heard 75% of all women murdered are separated. Not true. I don't think that's what you're trying to say. You didn't you didn't break it by race or national origin or whether they were married or simply living together. There are a lot of statistics that should have been given to support your contention that were not there. So whoever you got for your source didn't give you enough information and left that statistic incredibly vulnerable. I'll give you an example. I can say I, I, I agree. I agree with your analysis of the vulnerability of the stat. Yeah, and, and, and but but I think that I just just literally I sent Jim an article that got published today, front page of Newsmax, and it talks about the wall, Nancy Pelosi, and all those all those issues that we're dealing with today. Um, I can't tell you how many days I spent researching just to try and find the correct information or information that I could substantiate. Unlike a lot of people in the in the media who can't substantiate because one person makes a false statement and then everybody else in the media copies it, like the 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 uh, the boys from the Catholic school, and that, that was and awful. That was, or, or, or how about BuzzFeed, who uh, literally tried to destroy that situation? So we don't we don't have people who who do enough research.
Um, I, I work a great deal. I have a foundation called Songs and Stories for Soldiers. And we're in 120 facilities across the United States. We've helped over, with our, with our MP3 system, over 18,000 veterans. But one of the things that we deal with is the ramifications, for example, we deal in post-traumatic stress disorder, sleep deprivation, and suicide. We know statistically that from the Veterans Administration and the Department of Defense, clearly at least one-third of the returning veterans from the Gulf Wars are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And of those returning one-third, over half will be divorced within two years of returning for service, primarily for domestic physical abuse. Absolutely. It's because of the, the, uh, the symptoms of what happens with PTSD. Um, and so um, I, I, I think abuse, I, I, would, I would kind of ask, I would have turned the question. I've been doing that recently. I've been turning the question around, going a different direction. I'm, I am enamored with uh, and fascinated by a book written by a gentleman who's been on Jim's show um, called the, the Boy Crisis. And I, I would ask, I would have asked the person who wrote the article, what percentage of men who are separated from women are physically abused? We always oh, talk yes. about women, but we never talk about oh, men. There's no question about that, that there's a significant percentage, and that's a portion of, 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 uh, of Susan's book as well. Uh, obviously, Susan has come at the issue from the female standpoint of it, having had the, uh, the, the pleasant experience of, uh, after 20 years, telling her husband, no, this is not the way life is going to go for me. And she got to give him a 20,000-square-foot house, and he gave her a stay in the hospital. Uh, so uh, understanding that it came from her point, this particular stat that I tossed out, and I'd love to send you a copy of the book. Um, I'll get your info from Jiggy. But um, this was from, uh, from The Guardian. And, uh, and, we can, and I can get the underlying stats. But the point being made, the most important point about this, when you, when you get past the individual stats, the situation is horrible. The situation is no better for the receivers of it if the cause was from PTSD or if the cause is from excessive, you know, narcissism and ego. Um, but the bottom line is, is that if we can treat, if we can treat these people who come home uh, and address these things that come home, we can help mitigate this stat and mitigate so many other stats related to uh, uh, economic and, and familial problems that develop from PTSD. Uh, we're not doing our soldiers and our country any favor by not addressing this fast enough or complete enough. So there's, you know, we are absolutely on the same team. And um, <laughs> and if I, if I need add credibility to us being on the same team, I too have the affliction of being a fiction writer and having to go back and research to bolster the facts that you use within the fiction story. Right. Um, so I, I fully understand that. 
So I, I would ask. I'd like to ask you another question. Please. You've read the article. I haven't. So you have. You no, have, I haven't read the article. I just. I just saw this quote that was in the book. Okay. Okay. So, but but I'm here's what I'm curious, um, because as as you being a fiction writer and and I being a fiction writer, curiosity is an important part of our ability to write. Um, Absolutely. I'm curious. Only because of other stuff that I've read, are the incidents of abuse of both men and or women greater, less than, or about the same as they were 10, 15, 20 years ago? Well, here's an interesting item. There are two schools of thought on that. One is we have better information now. More people are talking about it now and um, uh, the um, the recognition of women having more credibility uh, over the years is helpful the contrapositive to that the idiots in that group the fanatics in that group mm -hmm. are also spoiling that credibility of women just like the fanatics in the various black groups spoil the credibility for black people uh, or in any other group. But uh, coming away from the other side of that, uh, yes, we have better information now and better reporting and more reporting and laws that require things to be reported when people come into emergency rooms. Uh, are there more? I would say there are more simply based on the fact that the population has increased. Mm -hmm. and that there's better reporting. But as far as the per capita incidence, uh, I have to think that it's more likely than not, and not just 20 years back, let's go back 40 years, right. more likely than that, a full generation and a half or so back, there was a much higher incidence of it because the perception of women almost being property and, well, you know, what goes on in your house is your problem. Mm -hmm. um, and and is not addressed by the law or in the courts. Uh, I would say that there was probably more of it going on on a per capita basis, you know, two generations back. It's interesting because I, I would I, I would almost respectfully disagree with you. I I agree that we have better reporting now than we had twenty forty years ago, but I I believe that. There is a much larger percentage of people in the United States who are unhappy and depressed about a lot of things. Oh that yeah, what you got? Thirty-five percent of the people are taking antidepressants. Right, and so we have we have a, a a more unstable society in general, whether yes. regardless of what the the issue is, and I I would think that. The 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 transition of power from uh, one minority to another to another to another, um, and the direction of I mean I, I worked I served on the Central Ohio, which is Columbus, Ohio Civil Rights Council. We brought this the desegregation suit against the Columbus Public Schools. And I was there on the board as we were going through the trial. And I was in charge of media relations. 
And I got to tell you, when I hear that blacks want to be segregated in colleges and universities around the nation, they want to go back to segregation, I'm saying to myself, why did I spend all that time fighting <laughs> for civil rights? Yes. Yes. When my, uh, I, went to, um, I, I went to Union College in upstate New York in sunny Schenectady, and uh, that was sarcastic. Um, I was going to say snowy, but it's okay. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and my son went there 18 years 18 years later, and when I went there, we it was in the is in the early 70s. We were hanging around when you can hang around outside. Everybody of every color would talk about everything under the sun. There was agreement. There was disagreement. There was humor. There was let's go to class. There was whatever it is that went on went on in the in the 70s. Right. On, on a college campus, we there was not, you know, violence and protest and and that sort of thing. At least not on this particular campus at this particular point in time. Talking, mm-hmm. you know, seventy two to seventy five. I go back twenty years later, and there's a Jewish dorm, a Spanish dorm, a black dorm, a this dorm, a that dorm, another dorm. Nobody's talking. What the hell? You go to college to exchange ideas. Right. What's wrong with that picture? And and you're right. What you have is is you have these control groups taking individual groups and insisting that they separate them out again. And the bottom line is is that when you keep people separated, you can control them. And that's what's going on. And that's what's going on with the Democratic Party. Uh and that's what's being enabled by the stupidity of the Republican Party and the lemming-like mentality of people going, wow, i got to think this way because this one person said this thing, uh, or what I call single-issue uh, single voters. Well, this guy is pro-gay and I'm gay, and therefore the fact that he wants to take my entire country apart doesn't matter. Um, I like him because he's pro-gay. I, I right. use that as an example, not as a specific, although I can think of several specifics of that. And we have a an in, uh, just an ignorant public, ignorant on so many levels, and the ignorance is encouraged by the failure of the, education, the public educational system over the last two decades, two, three decades, You've got so many factors going on that are truly disruptive of uh, any logical respect or order for the country, and it is not being orchestrated from the uh, Republican National Committee. It's all coming out of the Democrats and the wacko Democrats and, right. and the occasional cortex electees, um, and uh, it's horrible. It's frightening. And and I don't I don't know if we're going to pull out of the tailspin. I don't know right. where it's going to go. Um, IQ, are you on? Yes, I I believe IQ is with us. IQ, can you hear us, my friend? I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm learning. Okay. Well, I, I want to. <laughs> That's I'm, always good. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell our guests an IQism. IQ is a very smart man. He's more of a a, a global man than an American. And IQ has looked at our country, and what he said, many, one of the first times I heard him on the show with us, 
one of the statements he made, I, I have listened to, thought about so many, many times. In, 19, in 1967, I joined the Army National Guard. And I went to uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky to take my basic training and my infantry training. I came back to my hometown, Columbus, Ohio, and served, and then was uh, elevated to a ready reserve to possibly have to go to Vietnam. But the time that I spent in the military, the time I spent in the, in the barracks in Fort Knox, Kentucky, for 12 weeks of basic infantry training, was one of the best times in my life because I was within a, a group of people from all over the United States in platoons and companies and squads who I'd never, never been to wherever they were from. And we lived together because we had an upper respiratory infection spreading through all the military bases. So we could, we could only train as a platoon, not even as a company. And we had to literally stay in our barracks whenever we were not training. We couldn't go outside. We couldn't go to the other barracks. It was horrible. But I understood order and discipline and what, what it means to save one's life. We do not in our school system teach our American history, good, bad, or ugly. And as IQ says, we no longer have mandatory service because it, by not having it, we don't teach our generations of future children what it means to be an American and what it means to live in America. So they I have could no, not agree with you more. I, 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 I could right not agree with you more. Uh, IQ, IQ, IQ and I have spoken before, and he has an excellent outside-looking-in view on things. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I try to be objective. Unfortunately, I'm also politically incorrect to the nth degree. <laughs> that's, 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 Which is that's, fine. That's what we like about you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you're too, because a lot of people hate me. <laughs> now, now, Rich, I know that your time is limited, my friend. I wanted to have you on at the beginning here uh, to, to talk, talk this issue here with IQ and Dan. Uh, before we let you go, how do people get a hold of you and your your services and books and everything else, my friend? Well, if you're interested in improving your quotient in the art, craft, and business of writing, please feel free to look up LaHoyaWritersConference.com. Uh, if you just want to yell at me and say something nasty about my comments on the air, please go to RichCurrits at gmail.com. <laughs> and if, if you're carrying firearms and you want to find me, Dan, what did you say your address was? <laughs> Danperkins.guru. <laughs> you know, if, if, if in, the, in the words of Bart Twain, uh, humor is mankind's greatest gift, and if we don't continue laughing at ourselves, uh, the world is just going to be laughing at us. That's, yes. I, I think that not only is that an important statement by Mark Twain, it is representational, in my opinion, of the problem we have in our country. So many of us no longer know how to laugh. Yep. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, I think about the ways that we used to needle each other. I I married into an Italian family, and you know, ethnic jokes were the rule in the seventies, mm -hmm. and they they became 
horrific insults in 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 this century. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, you know, if if you were going to talk to somebody who was fanatically PC uh, and you were going to write it down, you would have a piece of paper that was so redacted you would think it was written by the Justice Department. Right. Uh, it, 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 it's just it's just awful. So uh, I've gotten to the point in my ripe old age where I just plain don't care. Right. I'm going to say what I say, and then I'm going to duck. <laughs> I don't even duck. I mean, I I I, I like IQ. Uh, my website says political correctness is never correct, and uh, that's that's what I believe. Uh, the idea that we are temporary. We anybody who is a student of history only has to look at Europe. And saw what happened to those nations because of political correctness. Oh, it's terrible. And, and we're we're very close. And um, I was. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk with you today. I know you have to run. Thank you for sparing your time with us and your your thoughts and your humor. humor and I hope I get a chance to talk to you again. Well, we will do that. And you take care, IQ. You take care. And thank you. God bless you. Yes. And. And James, I appreciate you it. Behave yourself there at the at the uh, at the porno festival there. Yes, next time. yes, we 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 we, <laughs> we behaved. We just took we just took a ride in the back of a tow truck, which is uh, literally in the but back it, of the but, tow truck. Better than the back of a police car. <laughs> well, that too. I, and, I, 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 and I've done both, so I can consider. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Rich. We're going to take a brief time out, and we're going to reconnect care. with uh, Dan Perkins and IQ on Skype. We'll be back here in a few moments. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we have got more coming up. It is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 